When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Time to uh, really hone in on some football now. And uh, we're joined by Ricardo Ball, host of Extra Time for us uh, in the evenings and our football expert as well. Uh, Ricardo, let's uh, first of all start with uh, our national team, shall we? The All Whites. Uh, they've had some hastily arranged matches, uh, but they've been, uh, I think, overall damn successful. Yeah, I'd say so too, Smithy. Good morning. It's um, it, it, yeah, been some, some really good uh, results for them against Algeria A and then and against the Gambia as well yesterday morning. Um, I, I think that Danny Howe will be very pleased with what he's seen and particularly that combination of Sapri Singh and Chris Wood seems to be coming together really nicely. We saw it for uh, uh, both goals, well, for the second goal, I should say, at least yesterday. Uh, the ball through from Singh to Wood, uh, those two seem to have a, a really good understanding and, and that's got to be positive going forward. And Winston Reid back available. So whilst there was no players from uh, this part of the world for obvious reasons, uh, Danny Hay uh, has done the right thing by himself staying over there and getting this uh, this whole thing put together. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, been a big sacrifice from Danny, you know, really, if you think about it. I mean, he went over there, um, what, two months ago, was it? Didn't have an MIQ spot, um, couldn't get one to come back, so he stayed. Uh, I, I believe he's got one now to come back for December. But, um, you know, the amount of work that he and his team have put on and over there, I think he only took three or four with him, uh, in terms of the support staff, uh, has been huge. And, you know, the job that they've done... Uh, how far I think we've seen the All-Whites progress over these four matches is, uh, has been superb. And, you know, I think you have to go back. I, I was reading an article somewhere 30-odd years since the last time the All-Whites won four games on the bounce against uh, non-Oceania opposition. So um, that in itself is, uh, is a great reason to be positive about what's coming for uh, New Zealand football. Who has cemented there, of the newer players, who has cemented uh, their spot in the squad now going forward? Well, I think Joe Bell, definitely. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's got a, a bit of a Simon Elliott's about him. Uh, he's, um, he's probably got a bit more physicality than that. He, he can anchor the midfield. He can sit in front of the back four. Um, he's got a bit of physicality, as I said. He can get forward. He can score goals as well when he needs to. But I think he, at only 22, is probably uh, the second or third name on the on the team sheet. Uh, you know, after Wooden and Sarpreet Singh, I, I think uh, he's done a fantastic job. And uh, I also think, uh, you know, I know that Winston has uh, been out um, and uh, with injuries and he's, and he's back now. But I, I think Nan, uh, Nando Panyaka, who we saw at the uh, Under-20 World Cup as well and at the Olympics, uh, I think he's really put his hand up. I mean, he's, he's left-footed centre-back and there's not too many of those around. 
And uh, every time he's been called upon, he's performed really well. I would have him ahead of Tommy Smith in the picking order now um, for the for the All Whites at the back. Okay, interesting, because uh, Tommy Smith has been uh, quite a fixture for uh, quite some time. And uh, on the back of on the back of the Olympics, uh, of course, which was uh, in the main a, a younger squad, uh, mm. I, I would be uh, I would be thinking that uh, Danny Hay, New Zealand football, etc., would be quite excited about the prospect of what's coming up next year with a view to qualifying uh, all of a sudden. Yeah, I think so too. You know, uh, I, I understand, it hasn't been announced yet, I don't think, but I understand that there, there are potentially going to be two more games in January as warm-up games, and then everything points towards the international window in March has been when uh, Oceania qualifying will take place. So yeah, they've got uh, yeah, another two games to try a few things out. Hopefully they'll be able to integrate players from this part of the world into that squad and um, and we'll, we'll be able to see you know what the, what the bigger picture looks like and then uh, get some Oceania qualifying done and uh, if we can get through that uh, which you would, you would argue we should given, given how we're looking at the moment um, you know, then, then it's all to play for um, you know, in, in terms of looking at who we might meet OK so uh, Ricardo if, if we look at that qualifying process uh, looking ahead uh, uh, normally that would be what home and away but at the moment that would mm. probably be a, an away wouldn't it in, a, in almost like a tournament format with the, with the Oceania one I think so yeah um, and there has been some talk that it will be hosted somewhere like Qatar as well none of that has been confirmed yet but I, I think that that's a, a probability particularly with you know how COVID is in Fiji and things at the moment so I, uh, I would imagine it's going to have to be some sort of one-off tournament. Whether or not they can fit that in two weeks of a FIFA window, I don't know. Uh, they may have to do some pre-qualifying, um, and whether or not that comes into the, uh, you know, into that January window, and we have pre-qualifying in Oceania, and then say the top three or four teams out of Oceania then go into that uh, into a two-week tournament, uh, the winner of winner of which then go progresses forward. I, I think that decision still to be made, but. You know, two weeks isn't a long time uh, for an international team and asking them to play three games in that time is, is, is pretty tight, but I think that's probably what it's going to have to look like. OK, let's uh, look then at what is going on in terms of qualifying for the World Cup at the moment, and that is some very interesting matchups, some very interesting pools in the Europe side of things, and they, of course, uh, were played again during the week. England, a massive win. Um, but who are, the, who are the, the teams who might be just feeling it a wee bit at the moment? Well, you know, we've, we've uh, effectively um, got to the, well, not, not quite to the end, but those groups have all finished now, Smithy. So that means we know who the teams are that are going to be playing, uh, that, have, that have won their groups, um, which, mm. is, which is good. But it also throws up uh, some interesting questions as well because there are some pretty big teams who haven't qualified yet. Um, they have to go through a playoff process, and the, the playoff process has changed a wee bit. So basically they have 12 teams who have finished uh, as runners-up in their, either runners-up in their pools or they have uh, managed to grab a spot through the Nations League and how they've performed in the Nations League. And they've seeded these teams. So there are six teams seeded and six unseeded. So Portugal, Scotland, Italy, Russia, Sweden and Wales are the seeded teams. And they'll be drawn against Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Austria and the Czech Republic. Uh, but in the past, what we've seen is that these uh, go as a home and away playoff. But that's not what's happening now because they've actually only got three spots for those teams to play for. 
So they the seeded team gets a one-off home semi-final against an unseeded team. And then if they win that, they play another team that's won their one-off semi-final. So potentially you could have Portugal and Italy playing off for one, one place at the, uh, at the World Cup in Qatar. That's mouth-watering stuff, really. I mean, uh, whilst it's dangerous for some of those, it's quite exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. You know, and I, I think you look at it and um, they've only got themselves to blame. You know, for example, the Italian European champions had a, such a brilliant tournament. Uh, they, uh, Jorginho, the Chelsea uh, midfielder who has been, you know, you, you put your money on him every time uh, to, to take a penalty. Well, he's missed penalties in the last two games against the Swiss, which has meant that they've drawn those games and it's meant that they, uh, they, they had come down to winning a game in, against Northern Ireland in Belfast. Uh, and I know you, you think Northern Ireland, you think, well, there may be not much chop, but Right throughout this qualifying period, the Northern Irish have, uh, they haven't won a lot, but they've not conceded a goal at home in the tournament, which is, um, you know, a superb defensive record. And Italy couldn't score against them, so they drew. Well, the Swiss won quite convincingly, and the Swiss ended up topping that pool. So the Italians have really shot themselves in the foot and find themselves in a very precarious position. Would you be optimistic about England? I mean, they're through. They're through. Uh, you know, I mean, they've. They're through ahead of some big names that I've mentioned, um, and they they had a they had a pretty good group, uh, you know. I mean, they they didn't have the uh, the toughest uh, the toughest group. I mean, the best team they had to play was the Poles, um, and they finished six points ahead of them. They only drew two games; they won the other eight. Um, so you got to say that you can only beat who's in front of you. Is the old adage, and they have done that. But I think. Harry Kane is on the wane. That's kind of how it feels. I don't know that he's the powerhouse that he was before. And I wonder about uh, when it comes to playing the big teams. Um, you know, England had a pretty good draw at the Euros. And the way things fell, they didn't really have to play, you know, one of the powerhouses until they got to the final. And then they got to the final and they really struggled uh, against the Italians. So, I, yeah, I, I still have question marks over Gareth Southgate as a coach, uh, his tactical nous and his ability to change the game. He seems to have one plan, and if that plan doesn't work, uh, it seems to be, well, let's just keep trying plan A. Um, he doesn't seem to really have another plan. And, you know, he's got so much talent at his disposal, but it, it feels like he can at times be a little too conservative. Um, you know, given some of the players he's got, he, he seems reluctant to trust Jack Grealish at times, which seems absurd when you look at his club form. So I think it's going to be an interesting one. And, you know, this Qatar World Cup is another opportunity for England to, to have a crack at winning a major trophy. Uh, I just don't know whether they are quite there mentally to do it. A weekend of um, international football, of course, means a weekend off the EPL, which starts again uh, this weekend on uh, Sunday morning our time with uh, Leicester City hosting Chelsea. Some uh, interesting matchups that one uh, included. Watford uh, hosting Man U. Uh, and Liverpool um, are hosting Arsenal and Man City home to Everton. So uh, th- for those uh, in the top bracket, uh, some probably winnable fixtures, but I've had a week off. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they've had, uh, yeah, they've had that that break, of course, and they've the thing that uh, the other thing that this throws up is you've got to, uh, you know clubs who are welcoming players back from potentially South America and, and you know play, players coming from long distances as well, and not all of them will be back to start. I, I'd have to double check what the UK stance is now, but for a while there, if you came back from uh, what they deemed a, 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 I can't remember the term they use now, but it was basically like a red zone for COVID. 
uh, then you had to isolate for 10 days, which meant they would come back and then they wouldn't be able to play for their clubs for a week. I mean, uh, and if that happens, then, you know, that hurts, particularly the Manchester cities, and that hurts the Chelsea's because of, of their South American contingent. So uh, we'll have to have a look at that and see what sort of teams they put out. But, yeah, I mean, Leicester City away for Chelsea, that is a big test for them, potentially without Thiago Silva for that, and uh, Romelu Lukaku as well. So, uh, you know, that's the early kickoff, and, and that's a game that I'll definitely be watching with a lot of interest. And then, you know, Liverpool-Arsenal as well on, on Sunday morning at 6.30 New Zealand time. Uh, Arsenal, you know, had a rough start to the season. They lost their first three games, including away at Brentford. Uh, a lot of people were calling for Arteta's head, but he's really turned things around now. And Arsenal have improved. Uh, they have climbed the ladder. They currently sit fifth, so they're just one place and two points behind Liverpool. So that Liverpool-Arsenal game with Arsenal having one six on the bounce is going to be intriguing as well. A-League this weekend. Exciting news, exciting start. Uh, tomorrow at 9.45, uh, Melbourne City against the Brisbane Roar start the weekend. Uh, and, of course, we finish it, the Phoenix finish it uh, last game Sunday night at 8.15 against MacArthur. How do you think we're shaping up as we look to get this thing underway? I think the Phoenix first eleven is looking really good. Uh, I, th- I think they, they've got some strength here, um, but I do wonder about their depth. You know, you can have twenty-three players in your squad, and at the moment, the Phoenix have only got eighteen uh, signed, and two of those are scholarship players, so younger players. Um, and I think they, they need to do some more work in the transfer market. Uh, they three of the places they have up in their squad uh, are for imports, so that means that they can bring some players in from overseas. We've seen the MLS. And sort of wrapping it into their final series at the moment. And I know, you know, there's a player who I'm quite interested to see where he goes, Carlos Vela, who's been part of the Mexican setup for a long time, but he's just finished and is off contract at the LA Galaxy. He's 34 now, but, uh, you know, a, a guy like him, if we could get him for a season, would be great. Fill that creative midfielder spot. He used to play for, for Arsenal back in the day as well. You know, that's the sort of player I think the Phoenix need. And they probably need a bit more experience at the back because. It's a very young back line at the moment uh, with Luke Devere and Stephen Taylor not being there from last season, of course, as well. So I think we've got a bit of work to do, but that, that, that said, their first 11 is quite strong. And I'm really interested to see how they go against MacArthur in the first game because MacArthur are a bit money-bagged at the moment. They've thrown the checkbook around. They've signed the best players from a, a lot of the other teams. Tommy Urich, they signed um, from Adelaide. They signed, of course, Ulysses Devere from the Phoenix. They signed Philip Curto, who's the ex keeper who was at Western United as well, uh, Craig Newton, who's uh, you know been at Melbourne City. He's he was in the team of the year last year. He's a winner, so they've signed all these players. But their preseason has been terrible. Um, talked to Jordan Canulis last night, who is works for SEN in Australia, and he's going to be calling the Melbourne City Brisbane Raw game. And we had a chat to him last night about uh, how MacArthur stack up. And, you know, I think it said everything that he's worried about their back six, which is their two hot defensive midfielders and their back four. Because they've spent a lot of money going forward, but not a lot at the back. And in four pre-season games, they've conceded 17 goals, including uh, being on the end of a 6-3 loss to Newcastle last time out. So, uh, yeah, I think there's an opportunity for the Phoenix to get some revenge over MacArthur in this first game too. Uh, just finally, uh, Perth Glory have actually signed uh, one of the great players of interest in the league this year and Daniel Sturridge, but he's had a bit of quarantine and uh, there's a little bit of doubt uh, whether he will actually be available, uh, even though uh, at this stage they're looking at a crowd of around 16,000, which compares to their average attendance last year of around 3,000. So a lot of interest there in Sturridge. 
Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, he's a he's a big name. He's played for England, of course. He's played for Liverpool, played for Manchester City as well. Most recently, he's been playing in Turkey, and he's still only in his early thirties. So, uh, it's a, uh, I think it's a, a interesting signing because you tend to find that guys who've had injury problems in Europe that come down to this part of the world, Stephen Taylor, one of them, they find playing once a week is manageable for their bodies. Uh, whereas in you know Europe, they're having to play potentially three times in eight days, often uh, over and over and over. So, uh, I think if he can get fit and stay fit, he's a great signing for the glory. I, I, the only question mark I have for the glory is about Richard Garcia, the former. Socceroos player who has played there as well. He's taken over as coach this year, and I just I'm not sure he's. He, it seems a bit of a punt giving him the coaching job. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Okay, Ricardo. Uh, as always, thanks very much. I look forward to uh, talking to you again after that first weekend of uh, of A League action and another weekend of the EPL. We'll catch up again next Thursday. That'll be great. Thank you. Yeah, no worries, Smitty. Any time, buddy. Go well. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah, good on you. Same to you.